I, I started with, okay, I'm just going to write for one person at a time. The, literally, if someone DMs me their story I'm, and I open it, I'm going to write for them. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they send me like 500 words or if they just send me an emoji and the word love. I'm going to unpack that and I'm just going to write for that. And by doing that, I ended up being able to write for a lot of different kinds of people. And it's given me experience that I never would have had had I tried to just write for all those people collectively. Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, culture, and mental health, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. We understand that the views shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from a clinician or provider and is ours to discern. So sit with us. You're listening to episode 24. Today I have a really special conversation for you guys with my friend Morgan Harper Nichols. Gosh, I don't really know where to start. She is not just a beautiful friend, but is just kind of a beautiful soul in her creative work, reaching out to the world and taking what seem to be personal, unique, and individual struggles and really showing people that they are not alone. But also, we're talking about navigating the experience of healing through the art of storytelling and creativity, which I think is a profound process. I think for those of you who are writers or artists, whether it's musically or visually, but really for anyone, I think that this is going to be a very special conversation. We're talking about imposter syndrome. We're talking about struggling with doubts about the process that and the gifts and talents that God has placed within you. And we're also talking about the fear of success, right? There's a fear of maybe putting out a work of art that, you know, people might not resonate with or connect with. But then there's also this kind of more unspoken fear of actually doing really well and gaining a lot of traction and exposure, with, which kind of leaves you in a more vulnerable place of being open to a larger population and the doubts that can come with that as well. And really leaning into learning your individual voice, your unique talents, and stewarding those in a way that is authentic and fulfilling and connected. So that is just one part of this really great conversation we're having. Morgan is someone who has really grown over the years in her work. She's become pretty popular on Instagram. She has, I think, like over a million followers on there right now. But uh, if you know her, she's had a really dedicated process and a very specific one over time, and it's really beautiful. And so I can't wait to share this conversation with you. So for those of you who aren't familiar, Popular Instagram poet and artist Morgan Harper Nichols has created her life's work around the stories of others. Her popular Instagram feed at Morgan Harper Nichols has gathered a loyal following online, and each poem she shares is created in response to the personal stories submitted by her friends and followers. 
Known for its lyrical tone and vibrant imagery, Morgan's work is an organic expression of the grace and hope we've been given in this world. And she currently resides in Los Angeles, California with her husband, Patrick, and her baby, Jacob, who is so cute. So without further ado, here is my conversation on digging deep to find healing and growth through the creative arts and storytelling with Morgan Harper Nichols. Morgan, it's so great to finally have you on the podcast. How are oh, you? I'm, oh, I'm so excited to be here. I was so excited. I didn't even let you finish your sentence at first. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so, I really am. I'm so happy for you in this podcast. And Aww. yes, it's an honor to be here. I love the enthusiasm. La- so last <laughs> time we saw each other, we were stuffing our faces <laughs> over brunch. Yes. Yes, delicious brunch. (laughs) (laughs) And I really love it because we had our own personal conversation about the intersectionality of church and mental health and -hmm. having been raised in the church and like the conversations we wanted to see happening more. And then boom, now the podcast Mm. is here. Yes. Look at at that. Yes, I'm so glad. That's, yeah, it's so, it's just so, it's so cool to see how so many things that you and I talked about, like, just full circle moment it's like whoa right? like we were talking about this a while ago like <laughs> years ago <laughs> before your baby yeah before Jacob yes, was here yes and now he is here and he's eight months and he's you know oh. about to go off to college and <laughs> go off to college. he he's growing so fast and yeah yesterday we we took him to Disneyland um dressed as Chewbacca oh. <laughs> that was a whole thing so and cute. it was just so fun because like that was like the first time we've been to a theme park and we honestly like we I mean because we have a baby we're really riding anything yeah but it was just fun just to like see what he likes like interestingly enough I feel like the things that he noticed the most were things that you don't have to pay to Disney go to Disneyland to see like of the course. ducks and of course. <laughs> the trees and trying to like eat some of my whipped cream I'm like wow no. we can do all of this stuff in a park we could have but... done this at home <laughs> <Yeah>. great <laughs> but yes it was so good we got some good pictures and memories and yeah it's it's been really yesterday was a really sweet day that is so sweet I am (laughs) so happy for you guys I feel like he came here so fast (laughs) but Mm, but for you I know it's a process like when you're pregnant it's kind of drawn out yeah other people are pregnant the baby's just here it's like oh they're here and they're 16 now so oh my gosh I know the feeling okay Uh, so for those who aren't totally familiar with you my dear dear friend um how why don't you let us know a little bit more about yourself you're doing some amazing work um creative work online and as we've talked about just so much more coming up uh so yeah tell us a little bit about your journey leading up to the work that you're doing today Yeah, so I am an artist and a writer, and I I like to try many different types of art. (laughs) And I just turned thirty, and over the past thirty years of my life, I've been kind of across across the board, everything from music to um, visual art, sketching, knitting, everything, anything that has to do with creating art, (laughs) except for dance. Like that's an area where I just 
have always stayed away from. Um, however, I just, I'm a person who at a very young age, I, I felt, I felt called to create. I felt like that was my way to talk to others, to talk to God. I, that was just something that was always, always there for me. And I was very fortunate to have parents who really encouraged that in me. Yeah. Even though I was in a world where art wasn't like many of us, well, all of us, where yeah. art isn't always like, oh, you know, that's, yeah, absolutely go pursue it. You know, many people are hearing like, you need to have a backup plan. Like you need to make sure that, you know, you have something else in mind. Um, and I, I was hearing that from others. And I'm just grateful that at the same time, I also had two people, my parents at home, yeah. who were just like, no, like God is giving you this gift. Like you mm. need to use it and, and yes, try things. And we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but my parents would take me to, um, <clears throat> take me to like the dollar store and let my sister and I get notebooks and crayons and color pencils. And that's, that's what we would do like on the weekends. And we would just draw and experiment and create and, and make things. And, and in many ways, I'm still doing a lot of that today. <laughs> Very much. Even so. now. Yeah. Even now over the past few weeks, I've been, cause I make a lot of digital artwork and over the past few weeks, I've just been really craving to like, paint again with real paints and yeah. I went to the art supply store and I was like I don't remember paint being this expensive I'm like <laughs> I'm right. like why does one tube of paint cost what it like a whole I don't know why I'm measuring it this way but like a whole bag of coffee and a half like, yeah <laughs> why does it cost so much so now I'm kind of like looking for coupons and discounts and I'm like yeah I want to do this but man this is expensive mm. so anyway um I I say all that to say I'm in making art I'm very passionate about like using what I have and and not trying to like have all the tools and all the resources and just using what's in front of me and, and making art. And, and over the past few years, the, one of the main ways that that has kind of manifested is I am very inspired by people's stories. And when people share mm -hmm. stories with me, even friends, family, strangers, if I, if I just have the opportunity to talk to someone, that's, I started to notice that that was usually when I was inspired to make art. So I started making art from people's stories a few years ago. And as it turns out, when when I focus on just one thing at a time, writing for people's stories one by one, like it actually becomes pretty universal yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of like those things that we can often feel so alone in when we're in our context, you know, when our whether it's in our community, in our family, in our in our church, wherever it is, like we may feel like we're the only one. Um, there are a lot of other people out there who feel that way. So yeah. I make art for that. That's that's kind of where um, I am right now. I'm really passionate about that space. I'm passionate about making art that that helps people see and, and be reminded that they are not alone. And in the process, I end up reminding myself of that. <laughs> and right. There's a lot of things that I kind of thought, well, I'm just kind of weird. You know, I'm not this, I'm not that. And as it turns out, there's a lot of other people who feel that way. And and I, I find peace in that. So, yeah, that's a little bit of what I do. I, I make art in many different ways and and I share it with others. So, yeah. I love that. I love you. 
and oh. your Harper people as you it's and for those who don't know you like that is who you are at the core mm. you know and I think that's what's so contagious as well about your work. Like, yes, it's just it, the artwork is so beautiful for one, um, like very visually appeasing. But then also, like you said, I think taking people's stories and turning them into messages and whatnot, it really mm-hmm. does help people feel less alone, especially in a digital yeah. community that can be so isolated. And like you said, a lot of yes. times it feels like, oh, I just, it, these events in your life feel very isolated and specific Absolutely. to you. And so yes. what you're doing is you are saying, hey, this is, you know, this is a common struggle or these are mm-hmm. common thoughts. And as you said, it even has shaped you. And so my next question was going to be, you know, how have you found this path of storytelling and creativity to be a healing and growth process for you? Like, how has it all played a role in your mental health journey? Hmm. Yeah, that's such a, a such a beautiful question. Um, I think one of the main ways that that one of the main things that came comes to mind, and I kind of alluded to to it already, is just how much I really in my life have just held on to like the story of like, I'm just too different. I'm too weird. I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't have a big enough personality to be an artist. Like Mm. all of these things, just like really going inward and kind of, kind of like, like isolating myself. And then I feel like it was oftentimes just reinforced by relationships or lack thereof (laughs) just really struggling especially in college to like make friends and I certainly had people in my life that I was that I was close to and that I would connect with however at the same time I just felt like like an example would be I often felt like you know I was invited to the wedding but not a bridesmaid like it was like yeah okay yeah she's cool she's an artist yeah we like having her around but I always felt like I was just outside the circle and that was a real struggle for me because it was just like, okay, I feel like I'm, I want to connect with people, but I just feel like I'm just kind of the last one in on the joke. I feel like I'm not Mm. connecting like I should be And that word should was huge. And just like, I should be doing this and should be doing that. And as I started to share like the first poem that I shared that really kind of resonated with quite a few people and in a way that I didn't even anticipate. I I shared it on Pinterest and I forgot about it. And then other people started to remind me of it. And that first point was honestly to at that point of my life, I was 26. That was one of the most vulnerable things that I had ever shared. Mm. And it was just a poem just kind of admitting that I felt like a failure and I didn't know what was next. And I started to get messages from people who had been through completely different things than me, who were in totally different seasons of life. And they were saying things like, hey, that poem you wrote, like, I don't know who it was, who it was for, what it was about, but that spoke to me. And here's what I've been through. And here's what that meant to me. So that became like such like an eye opening experience of like, oh, wow, like. I mean, it it sounds so cliche, but it's just like, oh, wait, I'm not alone. Like other people literally feel the same exact thing, even though their stories are so different. And even though like, you know, because a lot of this this interaction was happening on Instagram and I'm like, even though if I click on their profile, like we have completely different lives, like (laughs) on paper, 
me and this other person don't have anything in common, quote unquote. So like if we pass each other on the street, like we would we wouldn't think we wouldn't see probably see commonality in one another. Um, and then at the same time, it's like, wow, but we have these stories that all of these things have happened. And then somehow we we both feel this way. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of like the biggest thing that this project has taught me and still teaches me because now I'm in a place now where you know I'm, I'm definitely inspired by other people's stories but I'm, I'm more conscious now of like when I'm writing for someone I'm like yep okay I think I need to hear that <laughs> and there's several times where I'll share something and I'm like you know this one might be a little too specific like it might be right. a little too specific to me and almost every single time I, I get a message from someone that's like this is exactly what I needed and here's why and this is what it means to me and for me, that's just like, I don't think that that's about me being like the best artist ever. I don't I don't think I have the capability of reaching everyone because I mean, I do get comments and messages from people that say that my work is redundant, or I'm not saying this right, or I'm not. So it's like, you know, I'm not reaching everyone. I'm not trying to. Um, but for me, it's like, if I could just be that person that I needed at 16, you know, just that, that one thing that made someone feel like, Oh, I can talk about that. Like I'm allowed to say that, like I'm allowed to say that, you know, I feel a little alone right now. Um, you know, if I can be that for someone like to me, that makes a huge difference. So, so yeah, that's that's some of what it's taught me. I love that so much. And speaking on that, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to blow over everything that you just said because there are so many things that I wanted to add to that. But I know us and I know we could talk for hours. (laughs) So the first thing that I guess I wanted to pull out that I was a common theme that I was hearing was imposter syndrome. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's so real. And I mean, you have somewhere like a little like over a million followers on Instagram now. And even though, as you say, you're not reaching everyone, you are reaching so many people. And it really just goes to show like, okay, there, there are always going to be some people who just aren't your people. And that's, yeah. that's fine. It ain't, it ain't for yeah. them, you know. Yeah. But then this earlier you got on and you said, I'm an artist and I'm a writer. And as someone who I consider myself a writer um, and in a creative in a way, I feel like that is such a hard sometimes that that those titles can be so hard to narrow down for our, for ourselves mm-hmm. because we have these different measurements these abstract construct measurements mm-hmm. that we use to consider ourselves an artist or a writer mm-hmm. and um and you like you said you start off just kind of writing wanting to write stories for people mm-hmm. how did you get to a point where you were like i am an artist i am a writer mm-hmm. And how did you overcome maybe the imposter syndrome, even to this day, if you if, if it's something you still struggle with, yeah. you know, of just like being accepting and embracing where you are? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that question. And I love it for many reasons. And one of the main reasons why I love it is because it's something that I'm still working through. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm in a season right now where I, you know, I've had just incredible opportunities. I'm really grateful for many of them have just come about from the most 
seemingly random way. <laughs> so like, That's how, how they come by my yeah. stuff. Like, <laughs> how did this even happen? And, and, you know, for anyone that's listening, who's a creative or an artist or putting anything out there in the world, like you never know who's watching. And sometimes that can be a terrifying thing, but that, that can also be a really good thing. Um, however, now that I've had these experiences, like it does create some anxiety because it's like, I'm conscious of the fact that, you know, when I'm sharing and when I'm creating, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this real creative or this real brand might see this. And, and even just this morning, like I was mm. painting something and I used a technique and I stopped myself because I was like, oh my goodness, like, I think this might look like another artist, like, and I'm nowhere as good as her. Like, I don't want people to think I'm copying off of her. And that was just this morning. And yeah. it was like, and I literally, and I'll just give an example of what I did. And I, cause I was just so, I was like, I was like, I feel like this looks too close to her art. I was like, I don't even want to share this. And who knows, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but that's what I felt in that moment. So what I actually did was I grabbed a pair of scissors and then I cut up the piece of art into four. And then I was like, oh wait, it doesn't look like hers anymore. I was like, now it's mine. And then I wrote words on it. And honestly, like, that's just an example of what I kind of have to do all the time. It's just like, make those words my own, if that makes sense. Like yeah. make those words like artist and writer my own and accept the fact that I may say that I'm a writer to some people in some circles and they may like raise their eyebrow and say, really you, like you're calling yourself a writer or really you, you're calling yourself an artist and just say, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this yeah. is my version of it. So yeah, it's and it's kind of like I feel like in that way, you kind of have to have like a little bit of an attitude about it, like stand behind your work, like defend your work and say, yes, this is what I do. And this is why I do. And that's where for me, the why really comes in, because when I'm writing, I almost always envision that I'm writing a letter to someone mm -hmm. and I'm like, no one can take that from you. Like if you're writing a letter to someone you care about and then someone comes and critiques it and says it's not this and it's not that it's like absolutely because it wasn't for you like yeah <laughs> I was writing this for someone else like a very who's going through a very specific thing and I was speaking to them so when I do have people who, who actually say like yeah your art's not this or it's not that and you know the bigger the more my art gets out there and the more that's going to happen um you know, I'm just like, you know what, it, it it literally wasn't for you. I'm like, it's like, I've had, I've had situations where there was like a guy who, um, who like, cause I, I like, I type in my name on different social platforms like Twitter mm -hmm. and I like to like go comment and like thank people who share my work. And I came across this guy who was just like something about like, oh, you know, quit sharing all these Morgan Harper Nichols quotes like <laughs> you're not changing your life or anything or whatever and it was just so it was just so funny because like I looked at it and I was like you know what I remember a time in my life mm -hmm. where I would have like started altering my writing based on what right. this one random dude said I was like but because I'm now in a position where I know that I'm writing for someone in particular and that very thing that he just made fun of was actually for a high school girl I was like, mm. it. I'm like, it, it doesn't even matter. I'm like, it. It wasn't for you, dude. Like, <laughs> right. It literally wasn't for you. So, 
yeah, I think that kind of just going back to the your previous question about like what has this taught me? That's another big thing. It's just taught me of like the power and the importance of like just focusing on one thing at a time. And I think that applies to art and, and writing as well. Um, you know, if you're if you're painting something or if you're sketching something like let's say you, you know, for me, sometimes, even if I'm not writing for someone in particular, I I think I'm like, this is a piece that, you know, I'm, oh, I'm thinking about my childhood in this piece, you know, Mm -hmm. like, this is a reflection of my childhood, like, not, not a random Instagram followers childhood that I don't even know, like, this is, this is me putting my story on paper. So, so yeah, those are things that I have to constantly remind myself of. And, and making art, it helps me remind myself of that because it's it's right there in front of me, and and it and it just really helps me kind of get out of my head. So yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, we're gonna get right back to the conversation because trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing. But I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp Therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify and you can apply for financial aid during the sign up process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Thank you so much for being um, open and honest and sharing that. And because uh, I'm sure that'll be of helpful course. for a lot of people who are listening as well, that it's like those voices don't just go away. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's about learning how to be resilient, learning how to 
switch your frame of mind or think of mm-hmm. it differently. And oh my gosh, that guy. D- d- I'm at a place too <laughs> where like I laugh at things like that now. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> I'm like, this yeah, is so ridiculous. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's absolutely. And I I laugh too. And I'm just like, and I'm, and I'm just so grateful because I'm like, I remember a time where that yeah. would have affected me a lot more, you know, right. than it did. I mean, especially when I think about like the college version of myself, like, oh my gosh, like, she probably would have just stopped sharing for a week because of something like that. So, so yeah, I, I just, I kind of use moments like that now. It's just like, just like milestone moments where I can just remind myself like, wow, you really have come far. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it doesn't even bother me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, it it affects me because I'm like, here I am still talking about it. Like it's, it does, it's like, oh, you know, I, I do think about it, but I'm like, it didn't stop me though. And for me, I'm like, that's, that's what matters. (laughs) I think what's so important about what you're saying as far as what's been anchoring you through this is that you have a clear sight of your why, like of why Mm. you did that piece and who it was for and what the purpose was for that. And because you had that so clearly as your foundation, it was unshakable, Mm. you know, and, um, I think that's really cool. I think that we do create these abstract markers for what it means to be an artist or a writer. And I always like Mm -hmm. to put out there like, look, you can have never written a book and still be a writer. You Mm -hmm. can have never sold a piece of art and still be an Mm. artist. You know, it's not a status. It's a process. And Mm -hmm. it's a passion, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I had a hard time calling myself a writer for a long time, but I'm like, but I write every day, you know, even a lot of my stuff doesn't make it online. I have a Mm -hmm. lot of writings that don't ever make it online, you know, that don't ever necessarily even go public, but it has always been a part of my process. Even since I was a girl, I used Mm -hmm. to write short stories and my friends would pass them around in school. Oh my gosh, I I love it. Yeah, and I've done that. I've I've done that pretty much my whole life. And so um so anyways, but it it just it made me think of again that imposter syndrome of, well, I don't, you know, I ha- I don't mm. have a book out or whatever. And it's like yeah. but that it's not a status. It's it's really just what your grace to do as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, absolutely. And grace is such a big word for me because I'm yeah. just I'm constantly I'm constantly battling like these things because I think it's, you know, for a while I was kind of like, Oh, why am I battling this stuff? You know, this imposter syndrome is soaked out. And then I started to really unpack it a little bit. And I'm just like, you know what? I have to have grace for myself because it's not so much that like, I'm just like, Oh, woe is me. It's just like, I live in a world where I'm being advertised to every day that's reminding me of what I don't have and who I'm not and what I need to buy and what I need to purchase to make myself better and to make myself busier and more successful. So it's like, yeah, it's, it may seem like it's all just in my head, but it's like the world at large and everything that's happening within it, like all of it affects where I am today. Mm -hmm. And You know, there's things that people have said that maybe I don't even remember what they said, but like subconsciously I might be like, you know, reacting to something. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's just like, yeah, I can't, I can't take all that on, you know, like 
okay, this is my self-doubt. I've got to conquer it first, and then I'm going to be an artist. And it's just like, actually, I'm just going to make art about dealing with self-doubt. <laughs> so mm, That's good. And honestly, that's how I've, I've started to frame it that way a lot when I am creating. Because I still, I still have moments where I'm just like, oh, like, I don't know if that piece really resonated. Like, it doesn't really seem like that many people liked it or commented. I'm like, I still have that stuff. And it's like, when I zoom out, it's like, whoa, why are you worried about that? But it's like, I'm worried about it because that's the state of the world. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. so many things in the world that so tell true. us, like, yes, worry about the numbers, worry about what you don't have, worry about what you need to get and all that. And yeah, it's just, grace is so huge in yeah. terms of like, just knowing that, yes, this stuff is really hard, but there's grace for this. Like, you don't have to have it all figured out before you can keep going. Yeah. And I mean, me just knowing you at the heart of it, it also comes down to like, you care about people. <laughs> like, mm, you know, like yeah. you are a caring person, you care about people, you are empathetic to where people are. And um, in what's crazy about that is that sometimes that can feel like a blessing and a curse to be so sensitive mm. to the world, because in one way, it does make for great art you can mm -hmm. express yourself in ways that people just feel less alone and maybe couldn't articulate themselves, but your art or your words bring healing and language to that. But then mm -hmm. the other side is, you know, you do have this struggle with the imposter syndrome and the doubt and wanting to be everything for everyone and kind of wanting to heal the world, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. also had struggling with your own, you know, self-doubt. And I love that you said it's not about like, overcoming all of the thoughts and overcoming mm -hmm. all of the fears first and then you go into it it's about moving through it it's about mm -hmm. you know moving through those thoughts and even using them in a way as a, as a growth process and so you're speaking to something that i always kind of advocate which is leaning in which is always mm -hmm. the scariest and hardest thing to do but it it is the most powerful thing you can do um mm. is just to lean in and so you know, what advice would you give to someone who's listening, who also may be a creative or not, you know, but is having a hard time breaking through to becoming more vulnerable in their work or in trying to find their voice? I think that's another big thing. You know, it's yeah. like, is my voice even valid in this space, especially when there are so many voices? And what is my voice? You yeah, know, what is absolutely what is my signature way of expressing things or what have you? Mm -hmm. What advice might yeah. you have for someone, for someone who's been there, uh, from someone who's been there, what advice might you have for someone who's having a hard time with those thoughts? Yes. The first thing that kind of comes up for me when you, when you say that, it's just, you know, I'm thinking about my own experience and, you know, what I've, what I can, what I think of what I've done and, and what's been working and that is start small and pay attention. Mm. And I say start small because it's, you know, I feel like I'm still, even though I'm sharing a whole lot of artwork all the time, I still feel like I'm starting small and I like that. I still feel like I'm only sharing just, I'm not sharing my whole story. I'm just sharing parts of it and I'm paying attention to what connects with others and when I say connects I don't mean like in the metrics of like 
comments and likes like mm. I mean really reading the comments like reading if it's a one comment <laughs> reading what one person said reading one message or even in real life like different things that people will say to me now that I've like shared more vulnerable things on the internet and like paying attention to those moments where people where people sort of mirror you and paying attention when they when they say things to you that you've said if that makes sense yeah it does and I think that can work in in many different ways um even if you're not an artist but for artists I will say that what you can do is is just pay attention even with certain colors or if you're a writer um certain topics that you write about like listen really closely even if it's just one person who who you let read your writing or who commented or said something about it like if they responded with five words like what were those five words if they said wow i needed this today like take that apart need hmm. mm. this person needed this it's like wow something I need it. Maybe I need this too. Maybe I can talk about that more about what it means to need, you know, whatever it is that you're talking about and just go deeper and like just one, like one word at a time, like one color at a time, like one just small, just frame it down to like the smallest possible thing you can find and just say, okay, I'm just going to start there or, you know, and even just to go broader than that, thinking about maybe you're passionate about helping a particular community or group of people. And that's a very noble thing to aim for. And I think beyond that, maybe asking the question of like, okay, well, who within that group, if I were sitting down in front of them right now, and I was talking to them one person, you know, one-to-one, what would I say to them? You know, what would I say to the 16-year-old? What would I say to the 36 36-year-old who has dealt with this, um, but she's currently dealing with this, and now she's battling with, like, getting really, really specific, and that can be really scary because it, it causes you to, like, it's like, well, what's, if I really zoom in, then what am I missing out there in the world? Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the, that, that that's the hard part, but the necessary part, honestly. And then as you start to spend time with those like really narrow things, like you'll start to find that you, you do start zooming out without even trying. And that's kind of what I did. It's I I started with, okay, I'm just going to write for one person at a time that literally if someone DMs me their story, I'm going to open it. I'm going to write for them. (laughs) doesn't matter if they send me like 500 words or they just send me an emoji and the word love. I'm going to unpack that and I'm just going to write for that. And by doing that, I ended up being able to write for a lot of different kinds of people. Yeah. And it's given me experience that I never would have had had I tried to just write for all those people collectively. Right. So it's like you've got to figure out what can you break apart? Like what can you just really, really focus on? Um, and and yeah, it's very challenging, but it, it's I think it's a challenge that's worth accepting and and you know that going deeper and and, yeah going deeper is huge (laughs) so yeah I love that so much and I think that's what makes your work feel so personal and that is in writing that is a great revelation to have once you've had it (laughs) you know where it's like okay 
I'm just even for like my anxiety detox online. It was just like I'm I have like one mm. or two people in my mind, you know, that have mm. come to me that have struggled with this or even like speaking to yourself five years ago, mm-hmm. like what you want to yeah, tell absolutely. your five year younger self, because it's true. Um, a lot of our experiences at the core are very tethered and mm. are very similar even through different seasons of life. And that's something that I try to tell people, even in the mental health world a lot. It's like a lot of times we think I'm quote unquote crazy for feeling these things or having these thoughts. And it's like, no, you have Mm. no idea how common the human Mm. experience actually is. It's unique according Mm. to your certain combination of experiences, but very common. And so like you said, when you are focusing on that one person, you actually are speaking to a multitude of people, but it still remains immensely personal, which is what's so needed right now. Sometimes in a online world that can feel very impersonal and fragmented. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to your work online, um, it really is mostly your artwork. It's not m- most of your, your personal life. But, you know, how would you say you maintain still the sacred space of not compromising the deep work for your craft while engaging a community online? Mm, or what helps yeah. you overcome the challenges when it feels unbalanced? You know, because this is deep work, what I would call deep work that we're talking about, where Mm. you do kind of need that solitude. You do kind of need to step back and really marinate on those specifics. And so that you can translate it in a way that is original to you. Mm. And it's very hard to do when your mind is crowded by Mm -hmm. all of the noise of the world that you were just talking about earlier about what you're not and what you could be and what you need to be and even through just the images of the way people do things online and mm-hmm. their messages kind of oversaturated in other people's messages how do yes. you how do you maintain those boundaries in that space so that you are not compromising your own work yeah absolutely i have to ask have you read deep work by cal newport uh, yes Oh my gosh! I just oh, <laughs> did you I just, just read, read it? it. It's yes, so I just, I good. Just finished it changed it, like, my life. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> changed my life. I was life. like, oh, okay, yes, this is huge. Right? So actually, <laughs> it makes so much sense. Like, in order to yes. produce quality work, you you need the space to mm-hmm. separate yourself so you can really dive deeper into really just soulful work I would even say and what your priority is absolutely yeah so I have been after reading that book well before reading the book I was kind of like I was just kind of like starting to feel a little bit restless because you know a lot of my work is social media focused which um you know that's where I started sharing it and I and I love it And at the same time, it's just, it's endless. And I was like, why do I feel like I'm not getting anything done? I'm like, I'm working all the time. I'm making art all the time, but I don't really feel like I'm getting anything done. I'm like, why do I feel that way? That's real. (laughs) Yeah. Like I know I'm doing things, but you know, like, what is this feeling? So I I stumbled. I don't even remember how I found, found out about the book, but when I, when I read it, I was like, 
oh wait a second I was like this I explains kind of, everything yeah, I was <laughs> like I've, I'm working you know on something that I love to do and I feel passionate about and I feel skilled to do yeah however I've it's become so closely attached to something that is oftentimes very shallow and that's you know that's not direct at any individual but it's just the nature of a lot of the platforms mm-hmm. that we're on these days um so I was like, yeah, I have to, I was like, I have to, you know, make work, I mean, but it doesn't need to be like, okay, the next step is how does it fit on social media? I was like, so what I started doing was like, when I make things now, I imagine that I was in like the seventies or the eighties and I'm like, oh, what would this project look like <laughs> before all of this, you know, <laughs> like yeah. before the internet, before, you know, where would it go next? Like, what would it be? And for me, what I found was, I was like, you know what? I love two things. One, I love to communicate to people through writing. Mm -hmm. And one of those ways is by writing letters. So I have started like, and I haven't, I'm actually going to be sharing it over the next, probably sometime over the next week on social media, but I started it off social media first, where I started to write letters to different people in my community and like with actual stamps and actual envelopes and send them letters. And I was like, this feels just as fulfilling, if not even more, it's igniting something within me than like responding to DMs. And a few people have started to send me letters and Mm. I've started to write them back. And I was like, okay, this is, this feels so good. I was like, it feels so good to it do does. this. And it's like social media is not required. It's not required for connection. It's not required for, for, for building or building something as I guess is an incredibly useful tool. But I think if I'm like my, my favorite line of the book of that book, and it, I think it's like the last part, I think it's like, might be like the actual last mm-hmm. line of the book where he says like, leave the distracted masses and join the focus few. And I just love that so much because I'm like, you know, I think a lot of people are craving focus. And I think yeah. this might be an area where those of us who are creating in this season, like we can inspire people to focus on those things that that they've been thinking about or wanting to work on. So I was like, I have to model that first. So, yeah, I've started writing letters again. And then the second thing is I am. Um, you know, when I think about my my the version of myself that may have existed in the eighties, I'm like, what would she have been doing? Like she was cute. Yeah. <laughs> she was <laughs> she was all cute, doing her paint with her easel, <laughs> with her hat. Got yes. out the hat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. So in many ways, I'm like, gosh, I probably was not that different. And I was like, you know what? And, and I think about it, I'm like, what kind of artist would I have been? Yeah. And and I was like, you know, I I'm not it's not that I'm against this, but I don't really have any ambitions about like being like a gallery artist. Like that Mm -hmm. was never, it's just never been on the radar, radar for me. So I was like, well, what other kind of artist would I be? And I was like, you know what? I would, I would be like actually thinking about myself pre-internet had none of this happen. I was like, I would be an art teacher. I was like, that's what I would be doing. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is something that I can really tap into. And just so over the past few weeks, I've just been thinking about how can I be a teacher and and not just like an online teacher, like how can I be a, like a real life teacher and how can I do this? So mm. I just got um, my my first studio space. I get the keys this week. I'm super excited. Yes. 
And so exciting. Um, yesterday, thank you. Yesterday, I was actually speaking at an event and I had the chance to talk to some young women who knew my work and they were just like telling me that they appreciate it and everything. And in this whole spirit of being a teacher, I've been kind of sharing a little bit on social media, like different ways that people can, um, you know, be creative with how I make art and showing people a little bit of my process. And these young girls, like, they had done the project like the day before and they were showing me on their phones or like, we oh my did gosh. It. And it was so much fun. How satisfying. And I was like, <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, I was like the way that felt the way I felt in that moment. I was like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I want to do in this season. And so, yeah, I'm going like full on <laughs> and oh, I'm, I'm, I'm finding in this season how I'm starting to find like the, the the way away from all of the noise and all of the yes. distraction. So I, I still use social media. Um, I'm still on it. However, now that I have these things that are tangible and that I can touch with my hand, people that I can see face to face, I'm like, okay, this is this is an anchor point. Like this is this is where the real life happens. So yeah, it's really practical stuff, you know, but it's, yeah. it's it's one of those things that it could just, it, it can become so easy to forget that because there's just so many options out there and there's so many different ways that one can go. So yeah, it just yeah. feels really good to just sort of get back down to the basics again. I love how on the same page we are and that we both read the same book at the mm. same time yeah. without coordinating <laughs> it. Um yes. So good. And it's true. It's kind of like the saying offline is the new luxury. Um, Mm, Because you really do. You need that space offline to have your own process. Otherwise, all Mm. all you're doing is digesting everyone else's thoughts and process. And that is Mm -hmm. one really quick way to lose your voice and your Mm -hmm. own internal reasoning and processes. And so uh, especially for someone who's a creative, I think that's really important. But it's important, I think, in general for our society when it comes to thinking for yourself and processing your own convictions and Mm -hmm. just being in align with the spirit, letting the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And that requires some solitude. Mm-hmm. And I actually do these morning pages. So oh, I don't same. know if you've heard of them. Oh my God. Of course you do. Of course you do. We are so like one. It's so funny. Yes, we have to it, hang it happens out more. every time. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. So I do the yes. morning pages where I freehand write at least three pages every mm-hmm. morning. And even that, just getting that flow of you know, of, of just um, mm-hmm. trusting the convictions and the voice and the reasoning that is happening within me. I mean, obviously, not yeah. everything we think is true, but mm-hmm. being just even being comfortable with your mm. own internal process before so you good. share it with the world. Because once you become yes. comfortable and confident oh, in your own voice, gosh. your own internal process, yes. then you're like... I can share with the world and I don't really care what anybody thinks about this because mm. this was this was my process. You Absolutely. Know? And I feel like that's yes. kind of related even to what you were saying about when you were writing the letters to the girl. And yeah. I love these letters. Um, I, We can write each other. I'll write you a yes. letter. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. going to see you, but... Let's do it. I'll write yeah. you a letter too. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh my goodness. This is great. Okay. So if you could think of any, I know we've talked about a lot of different things, but if you could think of any, (laughs) what are your top three recommended do's and don'ts for creatives trying to create and share soul-based work with the online world? Hmm. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Wow. If you, just you said could, three ways? Yeah, like top oh, three recommended that's, that's, do's and don'ts for people trying to go yeah. into this space. Oh, uh, yeah. For someone who's gone before. That, the way you phrased <laughs> that, I was like, wow, like, that's, I want to read that book. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm Can like, I know when it comes out. And I will send it to you. So just so you have like, oh, it. Oh, I've got to come up with. Oh, oh. Mm. Yes. Well, um, you're you're like me. You yeah, like you like words. <laughs> you like the way words are put together. Yes. I'm, I'm that way. When I read words that are put to strung together in a way that's very satisfying, I'll pause yes. and read mm. it over and over and absorb it. So yes. I feel that like, the, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. So yes. Right oh my here. goodness well yes I <laughs> well I guess I'll, I guess you know the first thing that kind of comes to mind um the, it's, it's just thinking about something I kind of shared a little bit yeah um and that is just the again that start small thing that that comes up for me a lot um because it's just it's the world is big opportunities are endless like there's always going to be work that needs to get done. Um, but if we can just focus on making like 1% change every day, mm. just chiseling away just a little bit every day, every, every word that we write, just as Anne Lamott says, bird by bird, just one little yeah, thing it's oh uh, yes yes we another just need to start good a book, book. yeah let's just start a <laughs> yes. book club what's happening yeah I, like, know, I know it's that's just, such a great book is, bird by yes, bird by Anne Lamott yes yeah and she just talks about like this concept of, of just her brother was struggling to finish like growing up he was struggling to finish a, yeah. an assignment for school and their dad just told him like take it bird by bird son like bird by bird like that's all you have to do. So I think about that often because um, I'm like, it's just so simple. It can be so simple. So, yeah, f- figure out what what is your bird by bird, your word by word, your letter by letter. You know, maybe if you're like, you know what, I like to write, but I don't know where to start. Maybe just start with people like the, the five people in your life that you care about deeply, That's like good. that you just care about and just write letters to those five people. And when you send them, take pictures of them and just keep them. And it doesn't mean you have to share them on Instagram. Like it doesn't mean you have to, you know, turn it into a book. It it, it could become that someday, but just getting in the practice. And so, yeah, start small, I would say is the first thing. And I believe that that's when you start to get to that, that soul level, like that place of like, okay, I have no idea where this is going to lead lead, because it's so small and it's so uncertain, but I'm committing, I'm starting. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then the second thing is, is what I've already mentioned and that's pay attention and just pay attention to the small shifts happening within yourself. You know, maybe if you're writing letters, you're like, Hmm, like I don't actually, maybe it's not letters. Maybe I'm, 
Maybe I'm, I'm calling my friends and letting them know. That's great. Absolutely. Like call them. Like maybe, maybe speaking is more of how you process and how you get things out. So just pay attention to those little things. I, I do that all the time where I'll, I'll start something. Like I'll just kind of follow a curiosity and I'll just try it out. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? That's for me. I love it. Sometimes it's like not so much. And that's okay. There's no, there's no like one way to do it. And then the third thing um, is is to just practice. Like the word practice is really big for me because mm-hmm. I think that there's just this implication that when we read the the authors that we love or see the movies that we like, that these people have it all figured out. But no, they're they were practicing while they were making that movie. Like they had uncertainties and questions and things that they didn't know. Um, you know, there's so many movies out there, like, they didn't know it was going to win an Oscar. Like, yeah, they didn't know that people will be watching it 20 years later. Like, Home Alone they was were supposed just... to fail. Yes. Did you yes. Hear, Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen the Netflix? I did. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we watch all I the love, same things, read all I the love... same books at the yes, same time that without episode, talking about it. So yes. Good. And that episode was so good. And yeah, it was an example of that. It's just like, they didn't know, like, they were still practicing making movies. And now it's a timeless classic. So you never know, you never know. So just practice and fall in love with practicing. And, and I think if if you can do that, then you'll look back and say, you know what, it doesn't even matter if if this turns into a huge thing or not. Like, I can see how I've grown. I can see how it's helped me. I can see how it's made me a stronger person or a more mindful person or, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. So, yeah, start small and pay attention and keep practicing. Those are so great. I love those, especially um, well, like all of them. But when you said smart, mm-hmm. start small, it made me think of this idea of Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm. And basically, okay, I just bought that book. Stop read it. it! I can't. I, I can't am, do this, this anymore. People are gonna think this is scripted. I promise <laughs> you, it is not. I just bought that book. This is it us. Is on my this show. is us. All here, all day. Yeah. Oh my and he, it, well, wow. he talks about how, you know, an atom, even though it's so tiny, it's microscopic. It's so small. I mean, you can't even see it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not even microscopic. You can't see it. Um, even though it's so tiny, it makes up everything, right? Mm. Atoms are everything. We're made up of atoms. I mean, yes. the air, everything, mm-hmm. but it's so tiny. And also, yet still so powerful that Mm. it could create something nuclear and so it's i love that just that visual of an atom like it's so small but it makes up everything and still so powerful that it could be nuclear Mm. and just not despising kind of the the small Mm. focused efforts and how powerful they can add up to be um, that is, yeah, that's so incredible. It's, that's incredible. Yeah. And so I love that everything that you're saying and, and also just the heart of like connection. It, I feel like it's a big mm. theme of everything that you're saying is if yeah. you want to create meaningful work that is truly fulfilling and true to your convictions and whatnot, then you have to connect. Like you have mm-hmm. to connect with the people and the world and the experiences around you we can't kind of expect to do this shallow work 
and have mm-hmm. deep results, so to speak, yes. you know, and Amen. Absolutely. Even, yeah. And even for me, yes. I'm very mindful of what I listen to, what I watch, what I read. I'm not yes. legalistic about it, but I know the kind of mind that I'm trying to, I don't know, that sounds weird. The kind of mind I'm trying to build, like, am I Frankenstein? <laughs> I know it, no. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, know the what th- you mean, though. It's, yes. It's like, the thought process yeah, I'm you have to, to be mindful in. of it because there's yeah. there's times where you could be listening to or, or following along, like, really well-meaning people. Yeah. Um, but if, if where they are right now is not really where you're trying to be, like sometimes it could make you think, well, maybe that's what I need to be doing. And, yeah. and, you know, there's sometimes where that change of course is good. Um, I just think we have to be really, really mindful and spend time really thinking about it because we just live in a world where there's so much to choose from. Like yeah. it used to be, oh, I want to, I want to learn more. So let me just go to the bookstore and just pick from the books on the shelf. And now it's mm-hmm. just like, Oh, let me Google this topic. Oh, there's 56 billion results, you know? So it's like, we absolutely have to be mindful of, of who we're listening to. And, and that's not to say we'll navigate it perfectly. Like, but it's just like, hmm, just asking ourselves, like, is this, is this what I need right now? Like, maybe I can give a break. Like there's certain podcasts where I've given a break. Like I love listening about like different things on Mm -hmm. how to learn about social media and all of that. And I'm like, I just have to give it a break because you know, I'm not in that season right now. It's like, there's nothing wrong with that content. Like it has helped me thus far and I'm grateful for it. However, like I'm, I'm trying to go deeper into teaching. So that's, that's what I need to listen to right now. So yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I, I think it's a it's a process for sure, but it's very necessary. Totally agree. That's so good. Okay, now, what do you believe is the biggest lesson God is trying to teach you in this season of your life? You shared mm-hmm. a bit earlier, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just if you wanted to yeah. hone in on yeah, what's the biggest lesson right now that you feel like God is trying to mm-hmm. mold in you? Yes, yeah, such a good question. I think the biggest thing right now that's just sort of like right in front of me quite a bit is just to, this might sound weird, but to not fear my own greatness. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And it hit my bones not, when you said that. Mm, and just to not not feel like I have to back down so much. Because I I feel like I just oftentimes told myself and just like, okay, you need to take up less space. Like you need to pull back. Like everybody's not asking for all that, you know, just all of those types of things. Like I really let that stuff like dictate a lot of, (laughs) a lot of how I saw myself and how Mm -hmm. I saw life and, and serving others and, and I, yeah, I feel like the biggest thing is just like God telling me, like, I know you don't feel like you have enough, but my grace is abundant yeah. and more than efficient. And I do not need you to have it all figured out before you take the leap. And the biggest thing that, and I feel like God told me this a few years ago, like there's been a few times in my life where I feel like I've heard like, 
like an audible voice, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Morgan wake up call moment. And one of those moments for me, I honestly felt like I heard God tell me it was when I was, I had been sharing a lot of devotionals online and I was kind of in a place where my sort of like prayer life, my devotional time was turning into Instagrammable content. Yeah. And I heard God tell me like, Morgan, I'm going to need you to slow down and I'm going to need you to go deeper and I will meet you there. And I'm just in a season now of just like trying to remember that just like, yep, I've got to go deeper. Like if I want to grow, it's going to take some discomfort of, of embracing like the greatness within me, like the things that God has put in me to do that sometimes scare me. Cause I'm just like, yeah. Whoa, like I'm not equipped for that. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's kind of what I'm learning right now. That's so good. I love that. Gosh, I feel like Thank we're you. just the same person right now. It's kind of freaking me out. Um, cause I, I, I posted the other day and this is kind of something that I've been thinking about as well Is it's the, the, I, the concept of shrinking versus expanding. Mm, and for a lot yeah. of us, especially those of us who are kind of empaths in a way, um, mm-hmm. we shrink. We shrink mm-hmm. when it comes to our talents. We shrink when it comes to people um, because, one, we just want to make other people feel very comfortable because mm. we know what it feels like to not feel comfortable Absolutely. around people or whatever. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we shrink ourselves. But then also there is this fear of being good at what you do like Mm -hmm. to the point that it creates a lot of exposure and there are definitely Mm -hmm. ways that our thought life self-sabotages ourselves Mm -hmm. and our own kind of greatness within us so to speak and it's and I think that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot like yeah Mm -hmm. there's this this fear there's one side of fear of like oh my gosh what if I create something and it doesn't go anywhere but then yeah. there's also this fear that's like, oh my gosh, what if I create something and it blows up and goes yeah, everywhere? Absolutely. And what, like this fear of success is a very real thing because essentially yeah. the more successful you are in what you're doing, the more exposed you are, the more exposure you get, the more vulnerable mm-hmm. you are to opportunities of criticism and just being seen, mm-hmm. you know? And it's hard because you have this dissonance of wanting your work, wanting to be seen, but also not wanting to yes. be seen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I, you're you know? absolutely right. And that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. You yeah. know, I think that, I think that, you know, it can be so easy at face value to look at, you know, especially on social media and, and feel like, oh, like everybody's just sort of on this track towards success. But I'm like, no, I think a lot of people, honestly, like even spending a lot of time on social media because we fear like what's yeah. beyond this. Like it's it's scary to think about like the impact that we could possibly have just by being present where we are and yeah it's a lot to try to process and figure out and and yes the internet can become a great distraction at least for me yeah no for (laughs) sure I am am grateful for all the opportunities that I've been having lately to to be able to share on the internet but I lately have just been really challenging myself like even just in little things like when I'm at the store to just like not be on my phone and to just like be present to the moment. And it doesn't mean that some big thing is going to happen, but it's just like, what happens if I, if I just stay with this, like I just stay with this, Mm. this moment and I just stay and just, and, and let God do what God wants to do like in Mm -hmm. this space. And 
to not be afraid of not having enough and not feel like I have to run away to an app or even run away to art, you know, that's true. <laughs> and, and to just be present and, and trust. That do not disturb is a real thing. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> That's absolutely. been my best friend lately. Yes. I was just, mm-hmm. I now when I actually am committed to do something, um, I, I turn, I put my phone on do not disturb whenever I'm working on yeah. something. And I was like, I didn't realize even just how powerful that was. Just like oh, yeah. not having the notifications go off. Because sometimes you turn it on, you know, you put it on silent, but it still vibrates. And you yeah. hear that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And that breaks yeah. your focus even for a moment. And so that, I mean, having my phone on do not disturb when I'm working, like you said, even just putting it away. Also, another thing I started doing is at the end of the day, I log out of my social media, Mm. which which has been kind of huge because it's more of a mental indicator for me that I'm disconnecting rather than having this constant hum of of noise and... um, whatnot in the in the background of my life and so um some days I'm better at that than others but like you said just like creating more spaces for presence and being Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. processing um which I think yeah. is also central to the creative process. So yeah. thank you so much yes. for this was such an incredible conversation. Oh, I agree. I oh feel like I'm so glad <laughs> we could let everyone else in on these great yeah. conversations that we get to have. And yes. I appreciate you as my friend. And going to be driving your way and sending you letters now that I know yes yes we'll definitely have to get together and do something at the studio and yes yes yes, we we gotta get together yes yes for sure now (laughs) best way for those listening to stay connected with you and the work you're doing now or any products resources you currently have all that we want to know all this stuff yes all this stuff well the big thing is that I released a book that came out January 21st, yes. which is super exciting. It's called All Along You're Blooming, and it's a book of art and poetry. And I wrote it in a way that it's the kind of thing that you can just kind of flip through or maybe loan to a friend. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of a grown up picture book. So perfect. <laughs> you can think of it that way. And it's out in the world, and I'm super excited about it. And you can find me on social media at Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram and Pinterest and YouTube and all that good stuff. So, yeah. so good. And we're going to have all of your stuff and links and social media handles in the show notes below. So make sure you check her out. Morgan, this has been Thank such you. a wonderful, incredible conversation. Oh, I am I so agree. grateful for you and your heart and your spirit and um, just your uh, how your heart to serve, you know, to serve mm. others because um, it's beautiful and that's not always the case. And I think that is a big proponent to why your work is leaving such an impact now. So um, wow. it's been great. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Until next time.